When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the number one Cardiff City podcast. Brought to you by Wales Online. Hello and welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the Cardiff City podcast from Wales Online. I'm back from the East, Dominic Boothick, hosting uh, with Nathan Blake. Um, and we're also joined by Ian Mitchell-Moore and, one time only, Jamie Kemble. Welcome to you all. One time only? Why one time only? Why are you going to introduce him? Like, I'm going to be back next week, you never know. Well, you could take my job if you oh, want next to. Season, I'm, sure, silly, I'm sure it'll be going. Um, anyway, nice to be back. Um, Good to have you back. I heard last week's edition, Blakey. Uh, we got the old big welcome from Paul hosting. <laughs> Yeah, which is, yeah, uh, which yeah, was yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure we'll talk about him in such a favourable light. When well, I tried away. to introduce it, but he obviously just cut that part because I thought my introduction was far better than his. So you're you want my job now? Is that what you? No, saying? no, no. Mine was a bit more light-hearted and fun, and Paul was like real dead serious about it. But uh, he was trying to take your spot, mate. We've got to hit our strength. Well, we, did, we didn't get to hear that bit, so yeah we'll find it we'll dig it out we'll have a director's cut at some point (laughs) boot room director's cut Uh, anyway today we're going to be talking about the win over Bristol City at the weekend and the various uh, issues arising from that team selection Zahor getting another goal we'll talk about Neil Warnock's new contract which was signed this week and we'll also go into a bit of Ask Blakey and some predictions for this weekend's game against Brentford only one place to start though Blakey and seven side derby victory was it an any ugly surprise, one? Or? Well, we always, we always turn them over nine times out of ten. Well, a nil-nil for a long time, <laughs> and then and then the goal came along. Did you always feel it was going? It was going to come. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just I'd already predicted a win, so mine was a bit bigger than what it actually ended up. But like we've said before, Don, the one nil's a, a what? Don't get me wrong. As a player, you love a four or five niller. You do, but. After the third goal goes in, it becomes, you know, mentally quite easy. You start doing things, showing off tricks and stuff like that. But really, if you really love competition, which 99% of footballers do, it's the 1-0, you know, where it goes to the wire. And then you've got to, maybe you score and you've got to defend the last 10 minutes and what have you. And it's, you know... And the one people are panicking a bit well. absolutely absolutely so for me it was a it was a it was a better result than I had predicted to be honest with you because um, and you know taking into account what's happened previously in the previous couple of games as well I just thought the pressure was on you know it was role reversed almost you know we had played early uh, a week or two before that now we were playing later so we were having to play the catch-up game, trust me, a lot of people would have been sat thinking, oh, come on, nil-nil, 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 and then kind of get their noses in front. It just, you know, it's almost sub- in your subconscious if you're watching that and you're a derby player or um, 
a Wolves player, you, you're gutted. But uh, yeah, great result. And can I tell you, Wolves would start there around about February? Yeah, we'll get on to that later, Mike. <laughs> I, I was going to mention it. But um, Ian, you've, you've followed most of the. Uh, the games while I've been away, the four wins that they've managed to string together. Yeah, while you I've been stay away more often, mate. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> I was an unlucky charm. Uh, and no goals conceded in that time as well. But the team selection against Bristol City probably raised a few eyebrows among our Cardiff fans. Don't think people expected uh, Liam Feeney to be starting. Done well. People didn't expect Greg Halford to be starting. Done well. So, as Warnock just proving that he can do it, whatever team he feels. 100%. I mean, the squad depth was something that he was desperate to address last summer, which he did. Same again in January, which he did. Luckily, he was backed financially as well. Um, and you mentioned the eyebrows. I mean, they certainly were. I mean, it's, it's different having, you know, your Jazz Richards or your Peltiers, your Mangas in the back four. But then, you know, we saw Connolly at right back, Halford in front of the defence. And as Blakey said, they, they were both, they did the job that they were told to do. Feeney, I probably thought that was... The, particularly, the, game, yeah, yeah. particularly the first half was yeah. his best game he had a little yeah. run in the second half and then obviously he came off for uh, Kadeem Harris so you know you're talking you've got Mendes Lang didn't play Vilchuk didn't play Kadeem Harris came off the bench and you know Feeney he's come on and done that so I don't think we'd see Feeney to be honest with, with the signing of Wiltshire and, and various others in the mix Jamie Ward arrived obviously got injured let me just say though Dom it's, it's very much like we said a couple of weeks ago it's, it's not an 11 game it's a squad game, hence why you address the fact that we have no depth in our squad. You know, managers previous have just been kidding, really, just messing about, promising or promising to go into the playoffs or, you know, really and truly looking at that squad, you're middle of the table team. You know, it's been addressed that, you know, we need squad depth. And I, I think the beauty of what's happened is, is everyone's playing. You know, yeah. will should to be out and then in. You know, it's like people are like scratching their head. Halford, nowhere to be seen, then in. And it just shows, right, in training, you've got a great squad camaraderie, you've got a good unit, and everyone is accepting. No one's chucking their toys out of their pram. Probably the only player I would have thought, and from what I was kind of reading into, I won't mention any names of who told me this or that was your man who scored a couple of goals the other day for Forrest Lee Tomlin yeah he's probably the only one who didn't like the rotation of the squad system but because he hadn't stamped his authority on a team at any point I was going to mention Tomlin because I get so much stick for talking about it all the time <laughs> yeah he scored um, two goals on me he scored two very good and goals set for, one up. for Forrest mm. yeah um, Jamie from a, maybe a Cardiff fans perspective when you see the, the team sheet um, before a game and it has maybe players who, who aren't fan favourites and let's be honest Feeney and Halford aren't fan favourites by any stretch of the imagination does it does it worry you as a fan or do you just think in Warnock we trust that seems to be the the ongoing theme mm, yeah much to that really because Warnock is sort of seen as sort of a mastermind I said to Mitch when the teams come out um when Feeney and Halford are in their sort of or no panic stations and, and what's gone wrong injury wise but like you said you know the, the Trumps and Halford was probably one of the best players in the pitch especially <laughs> the first half he was in front of that back foot he, he did everything everything right he was a little bit slow on the ball but you'd expect because given his age as well he hadn't played for um, so long no and, and in, in all honesty he's probably a, 
an upper half League One player by this time, but he's utilised so well under Warnock that he's a useful player in this situation as well. And like 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 Blakey mentioned, it's about those players who are happy to come in and do a small job and half of that his age. He suits that because he's not expecting a lot of football either. And Liam Feeney the same, he's had a bad time at Bolton or Blackbury and he's come in and, and done a similar job. So yeah, on, on the on the face of it, oh no, how how on earth Cardiff gonna win but like you said, it's about those players coming in and doing the job when they're called upon. How many times has Warnock said that this season, you know, he's people have questioned this, that and the other about Anthony Pilkington was probably the main one. Everyone thought he was a goner last summer in January. He came in and I think he scored four goals in his eight appearances or nine appearances. Mm. Connolly's come in. You know, these. It's not just about the eleven, the eighteen. It's the the, the squad, the twenty five or the thirty or whatever you want to look at it. Mm. Um, everyone can come in and do the job, even if it's only five games a season, and they've all played their part so far. As nice well. to see Kadeem come back as well. Absolutely, yeah. You know, that was a real, real. Especially Feeney playing so well as well. I like that. Uh, and then seeing Kadeem because you know we've been champions of Kadeem Harris for probably well at least two to three years you know when in the darker days when the squad had no pace and <laughs> yeah, he was the, the only the, one the and he still no, wasn't being played days of no pace yeah, yeah. They're, they're far gone now yeah, there's so yeah. much pace and strength yeah. in the team now what about as as one of those players who maybe haven't even been in the match they squad for the last two or three games all of a sudden you're asked to do a job well, I think you're used to it now. It's not something that's just happened, you know, post Christmas. He's done it all season. I don't. I, I, that that'd be an interesting stat. How many times has he played the same eleven? Well, don't think he has. It's only three. Yeah, we looked at it right, the other day. It's, right. So, all three of those were in the first two months. So right. So it's not something that is unusual. So all the players, as you get to this stage of the season, there's no point chucking the toys out now. You've bought into it. Everyone's bought into it. And you can tell they've bought into it just by the reaction you get when a player like Halford comes in after not starting for, you know, two or three, maybe four months. Comes in, does a great job, you know. Uh, Feeney comes in, does a great job. You know, it, it's just it, that that is modern day football. You know, I would have hated it, but you learn to accept it and you understand, right, you know. In my day, you would expect it to play 50 games a season. At it, strong, 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 strong. Now, you're looking at 30 games a season, 35 yeah. max, you know. It's really. interesting, there are certain players who, who do seem to play every game, though. Bamba, Hoylet, even Rouse, obviously mm. Etheridge. So, Warnock obviously has a, a core group who he trusts to to do the business every week. Some players, especially with the scientific side of things as well, Tom, you know, so much is, is they, they lean upon the science so much now. But I always say the, the science will tell you that Nathan is redlining, so don't play him, right? Yeah. Whereas before the science came in, Nathan would be redlining. I'd go in, I'd score in the first two minutes. I'd be like I was 16 again. I'd be like at it for 89 minutes. Right, so there's something in the psyche which is not always down. What science can unravel the brain, can it? So you know, the body does what the brain tells it. So it's it, it it's so advanced now. It's so advanced, but the Warnock is that type of character who will take the science so far, but then he knows just through his experience. Yeah, stinked, yeah. He knows right. I've heard this before. I've seen that before. You know, ten years ago, those players like Rawls, Bamba, you know, Morrison, Mangas, 
you know, you they would play 50 games a season if possible. He didn't change the 11. If you look at what he's done now, he's kind of changed his philosophy on squad rotation and all that. And yeah, it's about having that framework to which yeah, and and he started it started the season like you said. You've done that um, analysis. Three games that they've started the same 11. You know, so he's gone. Back in the day, there was no way Warnock. Warnock was a type of guy who was like, my best 11 play every week so they get used to each other. Now he's adopted a slightly different philosophy where his rotation of squad started with it. And what are we now? Coming up to March? Paying off, isn't it? And it's paying off because it stands to reason you'll automatically be fresher. Yeah. What about one player who who didn't start uh, in Ken's Hall? We probably more surprised at that than any of the other selections given that he, he'd broken his sort of scoring duck um, in the previous game but whatever Warnock's saying to him is working he's coming off the bench and he's, he's got another goal and can he go on a run now? Yeah I mean I, I do get it to an extent there were a few eyebrows raised but when you've got someone you've paid five six million pounds for in January it's not as big a deal as it may have been in the past but the shift he put in particularly against Middlesbrough was off the scale I described it and uh, in a long uh, yeah I mean you can't put it into words it was ridiculous and that was the same for the whole team but him in particular in a, a lone striker or then obviously Ipswich and it was great for him to, to break that duck having not scored for so long and we saw it last season where he just went on that run from was it a deadline day in January to the end of the season so wouldn't um, mind a run like that now absolutely yeah Well, but more on that I mean think, I think Neil Warnock summed it up perfectly you go back to the the eve of the season and if you'd have said Cardiff would be able to play against a team in Bristol City a team challenging for the top six without Sean Morrison at centre back, Aaron Gunnison centre midfield, and Kenneth Sahor starting up front. That's the the sheesh kebab, as the old uh, Dan United quote goes. Um, and still be so comfortable against a team like that, you, yeah. you'd you'd have been laughed out of Cardiff, wouldn't you? Just on, on Bristol City, a point I wanted to make. Maybe you have some thoughts on this, Jamie. Did they approach the game in the wrong way? Because watching the highlights, I wasn't there on Sunday, but watching the highlights. It seemed like they were drawn into playing Cardiff's game. <laughs> That's but, what Cardiff do. Yeah, but, but a team like <laughs> Bristol City, who have done well against Sorry, Jay. the Man Cities of this world, and obviously started the season like a house on fire. They've done it playing attractive football, and for whatever reason, they were sucked into a, a game they didn't want to play, and one they eventually lost against Cardiff. Mm. That's that's the sort of argument that was City are taking. But if they'd won that game one 0 does that criticism come upon them I don't know I mean I thought they would go a different way about it because in the build up obviously Warnock said about uh, they play they play direct football so I thought that was sort of a mind game to get them to come and try and play football because teams can get caught out against Cardiff's direct style like that but yeah, they, did, they did come and try and play a physical game they dropped Bobby Reid into the middle which was almost a bit of suicide he's so good up front mm. and he would have caused so many problems for what was a makeshift Cardiff back for um, they dropped him deeper he got sucked out of the game they played a debutant up front who was garbage for the better word um, <laughs> don't mince him don't mince him Jay <laughs> the guy next to him Jeju was just as bad and then well it was on a what it was a it was like, like Lee Johnson said it's a nil-nil game that, that Cardiff got the break and won so yeah Cardiff going to win that sort of game because they're, they're a better physical side yeah but, I just don't think Bristol are what don't get me wrong they're a good team and they've had some great results beating Man United and things like that. But I thought at that point, when they beat Man United, their heads went 
their feet left the ground, I think. Mm. It sort I honestly of ruined do. Their league it, well, it, it did, because I think they didn't keep their feet on the ground. I think they thought that they were actually a lot better than they actually are. Because I think they're a decent team, but you don't look at their starting level and go, whoa, look out for him. He's going to control midfield. Or oh, look out for him. He's a worldy winger. Oh, you know, he is an unbelievable striker. You don't look at any of their players, you know, what's the centre-back's name, the big tall guy? Flint. Flint. I mean, he's like got eight or nine goals this season. He's a danger, but... I'd love to play against him because he can't run. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He's not an athlete. We saw it in the second right, half. Didn't we? When right, just, on right, just run him. Because if he can't beat you for strength, he's in trouble because he's not. He, he wins headers because of his size, not because he jumps high. Right? He doesn't jump. He doesn't have to. You usually find that these six foot four gangly kind of boys. They're very. They. They. they they, they use their physicality to they get do, trouble. They do, and it's size and stature rather than athleticism. I just look at Bristol City and I think, you know, they got carried away. You know, they beat Man United and there was all this stuff about, you know, having wine with the managers and this and that. And I think to myself, fellas, you're talking like you're already in the Premier League. You're ex- taking this experience like this is what you're going to be doing next season. Lee Johnson you're going to be having wine with different managers and things like mate keep get your head out of the clouds get back on the floor because there's practically half a season to go yeah the only wine he had on uh, Sunday was after the result about Neil Warnock's style of play well listen you can complain at the style of play but you've got your own style of play so bring it what did he say he no one tells that? you to bring no one tells you to come and, and, and play poorly do they play your philosophy play or Sometimes the opposition don't allow you to play on how you want. And that's clearly what we saw. Adopt. Right, like against Middlesbrough, you've seen Middlesbrough, who I said are a team in kind of transition. They're half and half. They tried to Cardiff, Cardiff, but it didn't happen because you number one, number nine, guess dead, got beaten up by Cardiff's back four. And then our number nine or ten, Zahor, beat up their back four. So they both got war knocked. Got done, and then you know Bristol City very much the same. You know they they're a good footballing team and they make some good passing movements, but that's kind of drifted away over the last month or so. How significant? Uh, Ian touched on it before. How significant? Uh, anyone can answer this, but was there Cardiff doing it without Sean Morrison? Because as much as we've uh, we've praised Morrison and some of us have maligned Morrison, we we have seen Cardiff. Cardiff's form drop off without him over Christmas in those four games uh, which they lost and Warnock keen to stress the, how, big, how big a miss Morrison is Blakey's shaking his head but oh boy <laughs> but um, Ian yeah, you did I, without Morrison and, and people have, are people have maybe well where, where do we stand on how important Morrison is yeah I get why I mean he, he, to say he's not important would be stupid he is, of course he's important but I mean like I said the men who came in they did a brilliant job as well so they deserve praise too but I think this whole thing around Morrison he, he people remembered the mistakes and you know at the time I wouldn't go as far as say scapegoat but he, you know he was criticised which every player gets but I think the, the main thing is people got a little bit carried away when he wasn't in the team and they had the bad run you know, you're going to have bad runs in the championship absolutely it happens so but but he's effectively not, they were saying it was down to Morrison yeah which is that was my thing about it but the it was, yeah. which 
I agree. It was nonsense. Yeah. It was just a coincidental situation. Now, Warnock has painted that picture. You have to understand that Warnock has painted that picture that it coincided with Morrison being out because it bigs Morrison up again. You, all you're ever doing is trying to feed confidence yeah. in the people, right, as a manager. And he is class at it, Neil Warnock. I have to give him his due. He's so intelligent. I mean, I'm kind of... It's like it's like Penn and Teller will give away all the magician secrets. Yeah, you know what I mean. But I'm I'm just saying. Listen, Morrison is important. Time. Don't get me wrong, but to the significance where uh, me and Gabs had it, me and Danny Gabs had it on 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 radio a couple of weeks ago. I was just like, I I, I, can't, I can't have it. Why? Because you honestly saying that because he was out four games. That's why they lost those four games. Really. Well, people have made that argument, haven't they? I just think that's ridiculous. The way I've viewed Absolutely. it over the course of this season particularly, I don't think he's ever been as good as people have said he's been, but he's never been as bad as people have said he's been. Yeah. That's not to say he's been brilliant or awful. I, you know, I think he's been... I think he's brilliant long. against Middlesbrough. Yeah, he, oh, absolutely. I mean, Gusted, Asamolonga came on. You know, you're talking he about was £15 brilliant. million pound yeah. man who didn't get a sniff. Yeah. You know, Bamba the same against um, Bristol City as well, so with Manga beside him. So and we've mentioned that before. I mean... I think the real thing is Bamba's brought the best out of whoever's been around him. Doesn't matter who's been there. Yeah. So, like yeah. you said that a number of times. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? Yeah. yeah. Right. We'll take a short break, and after that, we'll talk about Neil Warnock's new contract. Subscribe to the Boot Room on iTunes or listen on WalesOnline.co.uk. So Cardiff City fans were rejoicing this week when it was announced Neil Warnock has signed a new two-year contract to take him up to the end of the 2019-20 season with the club. Um, obviously, Blakey, huge piece of news. Uh, did it surprise you at all? Yeah, it yeah. did, I have to say. Um, I, think it's, I, I think it's good in one sense um, because it gives stability a bit more longevity um, but it's going to be really interesting to see if Cardiff do get promoted you know Neil is you know on record saying he prefers the championship to the Premier League so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens but I kind of imagine uh, once he gets that eighth promotion I think he will be in a position where He's kind of, you know, not I'm done. He will still maintain and carry on doing the job. But I think that is one of the biggest things for me in his mind is just trying to get that in promotion. So, like I say, it gives you stability, gives player stability. But, you know, really and truly, it's reward for what he's achieved so far, which has been remarkable for me. I think if you look where, he were, where we were when he took over, we said on the show we were. I thought we were probably eighty twenty to go down, yeah, uh, and to see us where we are now. And everybody, no one seems to be giving Cardiff the shout for second spot. Still, still, it was brilliant. Keep it coming. I but think everyone talking like Derby, you know, Villa, you know, it's almost like we're going, you know, 
Right under the, that radar. Right under the radar. People are overlooking Cardiff. And I can't believe that actually, out of the managers in the, in the top eight, he's by far the one you would want in a promotion campaign if you've got a promotion team. I think if, if Cardiff find themselves in the playoffs, which could still happen, I think he's definitely the one you want yeah. to see you through a yeah. two-legged game. I don't think the top spot is over yet. No, well, yeah, I, as, we've, uh, as you've said, but I think I think if Cardiff, Cardiff do find themselves in the playoffs, I don't think anyone will be disappointed with that. You mm. know, We said that at the start of the season. I think they might Automatic now. Automatic promotion becomes I think, a bit of a I bonus. think they might now. I do think you? they might, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there comes a point where... And I think you'll probably hear this from Neil over the next week or two. There comes a point where you things things become self-fulfilling. If you keep talking playoffs, then you know you give yourself. You're what you're doing as a professional. You're giving yourself a reason not to achieve second or first spot because it's okay. We go if we finish in the playoffs. It's what everyone expected. Is it just so, taking the pressure off so yourself? Living, though, well, that? as a footballer, you want pressure. You thrive on it, Dom. You know, going out and playing in cup finals, mate, if you don't like pressure, this game ain't for you. If you don't like being, how many games to go? 12 games. 10, yeah. 12. 12 games to go and you sat in second spot with a gap and six points behind the team who were 11 odd points, 12 points at one stage heading. Mate, <laughs> I'd love this game. I'm just like, I, you know, that's when I envy not being a footballer because to be in that situation, pressure from all sides, you just want it. Yeah. That's where you want to be. Absolutely. Blake, you mentioned a reward for Warnock on the new contract, Ian, but what about security as well? Is it the safety net of if we don't get up this season? Warnock's mentioned in, in a big interview recently that he wants his squad to go again and we'll reset and that extra contract gives him two years to do it. Yeah, I mean... That's great news for the fans, and I think the timing of it was interesting as well. Obviously, we've got they've got the, the season ticket coming, the, the campaign coming out uh, March the first. So cynical marketing brain, depending, <laughs> depending on when, 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 when this goes out, uh, obviously they'll probably be out by then. But no, I mean they're on the back of a eight-game unbeaten run, four-game winning run. You know, hold my beer. Let's give us more news. You know, here's yeah. a new contract for Neil Warnock. So it's, they didn't it's, have to like four losing games. <laughs> well, no, but like I say, that the timing was everything. But in terms of the, the length of the deal, I mean, he signed when he first arrived. It was till the end of the season. Then he signed a one-year extension. So I think the two-year deal might have been something that surprised a few people. But the bottom line is, it doesn't matter. It could have been a ten-year deal. He could still be gone in the summer or next summer. You know, that, can you that's, just, can that's you just his clarify, attitude, isn't it? Can you just clarify: Is it? It's, in, uh, it's in, two and a bit years. So is it to the end of the season and then plus two? Yeah. Okay. His, his previous deal okay. was expiring in the summer, yeah. and then okay. he signed a two-year extension. So it's needs two, okay. two years added on to what he had before. Okay. Which okay. Could so it's not this as one year, the next three or four months as one year, and a year behind it. It's two the end years. of this year plus two years. Which is is interesting because if Cardiff do go up, obviously he'll have a year in the Premier League. I think he'll go up. He will go up with them. No, I think he'll go up. You think he'll go upstairs? I think he. I think it needs it. I think you need someone in there other than those who have been running the club. Listen, like, you know, it, it, when you've been in football for 25, 30 odd years, you understand not just the game, you understand how the processes, the structures, you know, strategies, how all this works. And I've been saying for years 
you know, at the end of the day, you've got people running a club who don't know how to run a football club. They know how to run a business, but a football club is unlike any other business, right? They're not two of the same thing. It's as simple as that. You know, you can work for Tesco's and then work for a construction site or work for the FA. <laughs> you can do that. But the actual football club, it's a different, different game. Totally different. And I think if you look at those who have been running the football club over the last four or five years, the only successful period you've had really and truly, because the Premier League season was a nightmare. So since Marky Mackay and Vincent Tan fell out, this is the only successful period we've had. We had two or three years of absolute turmoil and torment, which where they lost a lot of their fans. You know, they probably lost a good 10,000 fans and all that debacle, you know. So I think, you know, well, I don't think, I know you need a Neil Warnock up managing that part or someone who understands football better than those who have been doing the jobs to make the club function like a football club is supposed to function. Warnock as a, as a director of football type. Yeah. Can you imagine that, Jamie? You think uh, Warnock will get his hand off the tiller if they go up and, and let someone else be the manager while he does a, an upstairs role? Uh, I think if he goes up, he'll do one season. Whether they stay up or not, then that, that'll be it. Um, when he's asked about the Premier League, he's, he's really determined to prove a point in the Premier League. Um, people are quick to point out that he hasn't succeeded there. He'll be quick to tell you he had 38 points with Sheffield United or, or so on. Um, yeah, they got, they got stung that year. The name yeah, Carlos Tevez probably come they up did. as well in that conversation. But stung. yeah, so I think he's got a real point to prove, not only to people, but to himself. And then, yeah, I think he'll go up after that. Uh, but it's interesting to see what sort of role he would go into. I mean, I'm, I'm not keen on director of football setup. I don't think it works particularly well in this country. Um, it's the way it's going, though, Jay. It is, it is. And um, you can't, the point is, you can't stay where I can't stand VAR and all that. Mm, right? I'm yeah. one of them. You've started, you've opened something that now is your mission creep. It will, people will, because you're always looking to improve, so they say. So they're always looking for the next thing to bring in to make it better. Mm. So you're looking for perfection for me and, you know, it's a perfect game made of imperfections. That's what I say football is. So, you know, I don't agree with those things, but it's here. Mm. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Way. And although I'm, I, I agree with you to the extent maybe not a director of football. Advisor sort of thing. But he yeah. will have some sort of advisory uh, role, I would have thought, up there. I think it'd be more like an advisor because, yeah. like you say, a, a director of football as well as a full-time role. Yeah, you've got to get about as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 71 years of age, you'll be, whether you'd be a director Fogies, of football. an old folk. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. No disrespect. <laughs> he knows, he knows. It's interesting that uh, it appeared Craig Bellamy was in line to take the Oxford United job. It now appears that he, he'll be staying with, with Cardiff as we as we understand it. Many people have earmarked him to be Warnock's heir apparent. Does anyone, would anyone have any objections with that? I think a lot of the Cardiff fans would probably be, be in favour a couple of years down the line. Yeah, I mean, Cardiff boy, so I mean, you can get why certain people would want it. But, but we had the whole thing with the, with the Wales job as well, between him and Ryan Giggs. Is he experienced enough? But in all honesty, who else was there for that role? And you, It depends where they are in, at, the, at the time. I mean, it's one of those at the moment... It's not something that they need to worry about, but what shape will they be in when he's considered in the future? Is it one that they have to 
think right this is the best time for us to take a punt on him and say right you know you've had your grounding at the lower levels and now's the time to let the shackles loose on on the first team but can I just say there was something on Sky the other day and they were saying oh, I was watching the Saul Campbell Charlie Nicholas um, debate and I thought it was really significant they, they were trying to make out like that certain players who had gone through the 23s and they were saying to Saul why do you think you can just come in and coach well, because of what he's done as a man as a man first and foremost and not only that he's had to suffer abuses that not many other people have suffered you know so that shows the mark of the man and he clearly knows and understands the game 99% of footballers do because you don't make it unless you have a good understanding of the game don't just play the game yeah. you have to understand the game how it works how it rolls and there's this notion that if you've not okay the, the Sky commentator I can't remember his name is trying to make out well you know you should well someone like Craig Bellamy has gone through the 23s and let me tell you something a 23s football and first team football Craig will sit and tell you just like Neil Warnock will tell you just like Cardiff have proved with their 23 squad over the past poles apart it, it, mate you may as well say I'm playing hockey and I'm going canoeing they're the same thing they're not you heard about my trip to China then. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, for me, for me, Craig's under no illusions how difficult management is, or head coach, whatever you want to call it. But to this day, I'll maintain, you know, players know how to play the game. They understand the game. The biggest thing about management or coaching is philosophizing with getting inside your player's brain. It's been a big move away from appointing past players who have no managerial experience hasn't there and there's mm. been criticism levelled at people like Ryan Giggs people like Phil Neville taking the England women's job mm. you haven't got any experience do you know what I don't understand though here's one fear so Giggsy the most decorated leaving all other things aside the most decorated footballer of our generation uh, ever yeah in the game so to say he doesn't understand it is ridiculous Paul Clement Take for instance, okay, work as a number two, but as a number two, you only ever told what to do. You never tell anyone what to do, right? So you're a follower. But Paul Clement, as his first job, walked into Derby County. Yeah. Does not what Ryan Giggs done as a player offset far more than the fact that Paul Clement was number two to like an Ancelotti and went to these big clubs? Doesn't what Ryan done as a player not offset that because he's actually played the game and Clearly the not final, in the eyes of who final was a action of what you're trying to follow through is as a coach is to get young players or experienced players to play football. You would have thought so. You would, have, but clearly whoever's appointing these managers. Well, what you've got in like... football at the moment is a lot of new owners. We are like one of them who appoint people who are, are, are people are in positions of decision making very important crucial decision making who how could you possibly understand the game if you've never worked in it or been around it ever how is that even possible I guess it's managers like uh, like Neil Warnock with huge CVs and, and masses of experience that keep getting you know 
keep getting the jobs, and rightly so, but maybe people like that are blocking the younger managers coming through with, without the experience. Well, it's for the younger managers to be better. Yeah. It's as simple as that. You know, some of the... I think the... the, the I mean, we're going off kilt here, but I think the problem with some of the younger managers is they think the old school is dead and buried. And I'm here to say, like anything in life, some things of yesteryear we still do today are very useful today. Yeah? yeah. And if you carry those things on and through, you'll be fine. And I always say getting inside the mind of a player is more important than going out and coaching, you know, technique or, you know, transition or this or that. You're better getting, because you will give me a lot more if you know I got your back. Mm. If I'm going to look after you and I put my arms around you and I look after you and, you know, but I kick your backside when things go wrong. But when things go right, I hold you up aloft and say how wonderful you are. Mate, that's a respect thing. I just think that will never leave. What you're saying is then human beings are going to be different then in 10 years' time. Then They're not going to like the accolade of a pat on the back. Or they ain't going to know that they need sometimes. Well, it's coming back to your point on Warnock and Morrison and, Correct. and management styles and Correct. all that. We'll have to see what happens with, uh, with Craig Bellamy's coaching career. It should be uh, interesting where he gets his big break and if he does manage Cardiff at some point. Right, we'll quickly have a quick break and go into some Ask Blakey and some predictions for Brentford this weekend. Got a question for Blakey? Tweet us at Cardiff City Live. So Cardiff host Brentford, or Cardiff travel to Brentford, sorry, this weekend. Weather permitting, I've seen some... (laughs) Some terrible snow forecasts uh, in West London this weekend, which is worrying me a little bit. Providing it does go ahead, mm. what are we all thinking about this one? Brentford are... Good team. A good team, yeah. Play some good football. One stat I was keen to read out was Brentford have enjoyed more than 100 more shots on goal than the second highest team in the league. So Brentford are the top of the shooting charts... More than six hundred. Cardiff, Cardiff, and next was four hundred and seventy odd. Were they in the table? Does that just mean they're shooting from everywhere, Blakey? Small small pitch, isn't it? Well, it just means you need to improve your strikers. I think they're shooting from sixty yards out. You need to improve your shooting accuracy, don't you? Because you shoot a lot, but not winning enough games to. Well, the the game against Brentford at Cardiff was famous for that horrendous. Miss by Neil Neil Morpay, Brentford striker. Worst he's ever seen this season. So yeah, go around the room. Quick assessment of how we see this one and a score prediction, please. Start with you, Jamie. Oh, I'll start off saying Brentford will win two one. We don't get, get we don't get many. Uh, <laughs> get definitely not coming back, is he? Banned. You are banned. <laughs> I, I think Brentford are really good at all. Um, they're always entertaining games as well when they play Cardiff. Funny enough, but I just think there will be. I love some sort in this Cardiff run and I think it will come away from home because I think it will pick up didn't you hear me say points? earlier Jay some things are self-fulfilling <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how many points left at home 18 something like that six to go they'll, they'll pick up they won't lose another game at home I don't think and they'll only need six seven more points away and I think there are some tough away games including Brentford teams trying to get in the playoffs like Brentford I think Brentford will play their own style. They will be expansive. I think, you know, if Cardiff are patchy in terms of injuries and stuff like that, they will they will 
they will pick up a win and I don't think it's a bad thing for Cardiff either because they'll pick themselves back up for two really winnable home games and, and get on with things but I think a Brentford win yeah yeah Birmingham and Barnsley to come at home Ian are you quite as pessimistic as um, Jamie I know Blakey won't be not, not, not at all because of the run they've been on you, you can't go and say they're going to lose 5-0 who knows but the bottom line is I think they're going to have players back you imagine Sean Morrison will be back because obviously there was a chance that he could have played against Bristol obviously didn't risk him which I thought was sensible um, but Craig Bryson on the bench on the weekend Grujic had a rest so he'll probably be back you know so they'll be a lot closer to full strength as a whole you know they've had the week off as well or six days the first time in I think it's three weeks that they've had a full week's rest having played Bolton and Ipswich in midweek so I do understand Jamie's point that it's one of those fixtures where they can score goals they've got players that can do that in the team like you say that they have shots for fun um, but to say that they'll be so comfortable I'm, I, I'm not so sure um, I do fancy Cardiff normally I'd probably say by a few goals in this type of fixture with it being so open but given the way that they've been a bit more lately I think it's just about grinding results so I'd say another tie I think there's going to be more goals than a 1-0 so I'd probably go for a 2-1 Cardiff 2-1 Brentford and a 2-1 Cardiff I'm going to go for a Brentford P Cardiff P postponed because <laughs> you just know <laughs> safe drive home <laughs> that's what I'm saying Blakey oh ok um... I think the weather will win out you're, you're not did, getting away with that sorry did we miss no ask Blakey We've got a question to come after this. Oh, OK. I was going to say, I thought you started off by saying Ask Blake. Important question to come um, after this one. No, I, listen, I think that you get to the stage of the season where I always say um, certain teams, when they're at the top and they're going great guns and they're scoring, Cardiff are, um, but bigger than that, they're keeping clean sheets, Cardiff are in abundance. Uh, you get to the stage where the psychological damage is understanding the game. So Ian, I'm coming to play Ian, and I'm sat second, and every time people expect me to slip, I don't. I've, I've, I've kept my feet, and I've gone on to the next game. So Ian starts to think, oh, this is going to be a bit trickier than... Mm-hmm. So he's, he's, he's not half-beaten, but he's standing to accept Mm, maybe they are one of the the teams who are going to go automatic. You know what I mean? So I think Cardiff go there because they've beat some good teams of recent times. It's not like they've beaten Burton, Albion, no disrespect, Birmingham, no disrespect. You know, They've done teams chasing top spots and they always go up, Cardiff. They always play better against the better opposition. So I'm going to say... I think Burton will have difficulty scoring against Cardiff. Just I think they just Brentford, look sorry. so uh, Brentford. I think they just look so solid at the moment, Cardiff. So I'm I yeah, I'm gonna go with another I'm gonna go back to back one nil, one nil. I'm gonna go another one nil win. That'll be a fourth one nil uh, on the bounce if it happens. Mm. I I will say that I think it'll be one one. I'll sit on that fence again. Yeah. I'm It'll so, probably put, that I'm so fond of. Though. It probably will be. We'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah. Um, lastly, uh, one of the Ask Blakey questions we've got uh, a number of times in the past few weeks uh, concerns an old favourite Blakey, um, Peter Whittingham. So people have been asking, oh, um, what would your thoughts be on a on a Peter Whittingham testimonial, which uh, a lot of Cardiff fans think should be should be on the cards? Do they still do them now? <laughs> well, we had one for Kevin McNaughton last season. I wonder if uh, if Wits deserves something similar. After his ten-year service at the club, 
Mate, I've done about 15 years. I should get two then. <laughs> come back. You can come back and play, mate. Come back and play, yeah. yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be funny? Watching one man run with a twisted hip. Uh, listen, he was a, I think he's a great servant for the club. I don't see any reason why not. Um, but then at the same time, I don't really see any reason why. You know, I just, I just think, you know, he's moved on. He's... He, Still earning good money, what have you, what have you. Back in the day, a testimonial was because certain players didn't earn as much, and those players who earned ridiculous amounts would usually give it to charity or whatever, do it for that sort of reason. So I'm not, I, I don't think it's, you know, a great idea. I don't think it's a bad idea. I'm kind of sat on the fence. I'd love to see him come back and have a game and play a few, few minutes, but if he doesn't, it's not something I'm going to sit up worrying about. So. I'm trying to get him on the show as well. If I'm not, he, uh, I'm, if he I'm not bothered either way. You know, I think you know, like I said, he's been a, he was a wonderful servant to the club, and he should always be uh, welcomed with open arms. You know, I think that's something Cardiff need to improve. Is um, they need to realise that there was a club before the City Stadium. I'd like to see some of the old boys back. You know, they don't seem to have like they never seem to have players returning. I know they had like uh, Ernie recently, but you know, uh, like the Man City game, it would be nice to see like a Mark crew who you know done something so significant in the game, or maybe a Nicky Richardson or something like that. It'd be you know, it, you know Chris Pike, and then before that as well, you know, people like Mark Jones and Jeff Chandler's and Mark Kelly's. You know, where are they now? You know, you know. Bring them back, you know. Introduce them to the don't crowd. Don't forget your roots, you sort know, of thing. Don't forget your history. I just, I, oh, I just. It happens a lot elsewhere, doesn't it? Um, oh, well, you know, it, you oh, see it here. You think, you know, fans of you know ten years or twenty, whatever it may be, and they see them around the stadium, and you know, it's it's that feeling of, mm. you know, this, this person's still here. Well, years mo- or mother and daughter, father and son. Yeah. You know, you can discuss. Oh well, he was here when I was like your age. Yeah. My dad used to come and. Do, so these people make and the that's club, what I say. They? Yeah, Cardiff, C- Cardiff is, and I think this is part of reason the fan situation has lost a bit of their soul. You know what I mean? The mad fans are called the Soul Crew. <laughs> you know what I mean? They've lost a <laughs> they've bit lost of the their. Soul crew. They've lost. They've lost a bit of their soul. You know their history, and I've I've said it before on the show. I think it's something that. The club really seriously need to look at, you know, really, really need to look at. You know, I was talking to one of the boys at the Beeb recently, and he was before Warnock come in. He was saying he'd been going, I don't know, twenty years, but that was going to be his last season because he couldn't take no more. And then subsequently, he ended up renewing and staying and staying. But he he said he came this close to being one of those ones who have left who haven't come back. Oh, the Warnock effect can't last forever as well. So, uh, and the Warnock effect has only made some come back. Yeah, I think people. people I think away. the club were expecting them to come back in droves, but you know, I think what the Man City game showed you is they're all there. Mm. <laughs> That's the annoying thing. You just need to keep them. You need to ask why they're not coming. And I've said to yourself and Paul, we need to take the boot room on the road and and get up to the valleys and maybe out Chepstow way and you know down towards Port Albert and that, you know, really get around the valley and round the, you know, well, There's around. the rallying cry. If you, uh, if you fancy uh, 
staging a, a special yeah, episode find of the out boot from room them, from the, fans from the horse's there. mouth why because I know I speak to plenty of people um, and they'll tell me like I was saying the lad at the BBC the other day was telling me why he almost gave up on it you know and it, 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 it's it's never unjust it's always justifiable you know what I mean it's you know, it's sad to see the club at second position. I'm sure Neil Warnock would love to see 28,000, 29,000 in that stadium every week because right now, right now, that would give you such a hell of a boost as a player coming out in that atmosphere every week. You know, it, it is. It, that's, that's what the fan-player relationship is all about. You know what I mean? Well, I hope so. Maybe... Uh... If the success keeps rolling on, we'll see those crowds coming in. Mm. Who knows? Anyway, thanks very much, uh, Jamie, Ian, and of course, Nathan, for all your contributions today. Final reminder, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can listen on Audio Boom, and of course, get all your latest Cardiff City news from Wales Online. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. Uh, use the hashtag AskBlakey if you want to ask a question. Uh, and you can also email us as well. I'll leave the email address on the Wales Online article of this podcast right that's all for us full full steam ahead for brentford snow permitting and we'll be back with one of these blakey's boot rooms very soon thanks for joining us